Representing Equity is a Northeast Pennsylvania business podcast that highlights regional business owners from marginalized and historically underrepresented groups. This podcast is a means of not only amplifying these businesses, but also raising awareness of some of the hurdles and concerns underrepresented businesses face here in Northeast PA. This podcast is sponsored by the Wilkes-Barre Connect program, the entrepreneurial and economic development arm of the Greater Wyoming Valley Chamber of Commerce. Connect just introduced a brand new equity initiative called the Connect Inclusive Program, which was created to address systemic and historical barriers to entrepreneurship and business growth experienced by individuals from minority communities. We do this by providing accessible resources specifically tailored to their needs, providing them with all stages of education and technical resources to start up or continue to grow their business. For more information on Connect Inclusive, please visit our website at wyomingvalleychamber.org. All right. Well, welcome everyone back to Representing Equity. I'm your host, Dan Kimbrough, and today's guest is Rebecca Singh from the Small Batch Baking Company. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. For, I'm excited to be here. So let's begin with what is Small Batch? So Small Batch Baking Company is my love child, as I like to call it. <laughs> um, basically born out of this passion for baking and this desire to just have my own company and my own bakery. Um, and so I focus on the little things that you, the, like you'd want to get, say, for example, you might want one or two. You don't want to bake the whole batch. Right. You just want a couple of them. Okay. Or maybe you want two dozen. Great. Even better, you know. Um, but but the focus for me is, is on the cookies and unique bar treats, um, you know, layered bars like – you know, with shortbread and caramel and chocolate and whatever. Um, and and then, you know, s- something new here and there, like maybe a uh, an Irish soda bread pretzel or, um, or just some creation that I've come up with that I'm going to try out and see how people, you know, respond to it. Right. All right. Very cool. Um, and so you're a transplant, right? Yes. Not originally from Northeast Pennsylvania. So what made you move here to bake? Um, well, um, so my husband and I are from California. Our kids are all there. And, um, we had both agreed that when my youngest graduated from high school, um, we were leaving California. Okay. And in part that was because we were seeing that the, the high cost of living, the drought, the earthquakes, the political unrest mm-hmm. and just everything that was going on there wasn't working for us anymore. Okay. And so he happened to get this great opportunity um, in Wilkesbury for for his job. Mm-hmm. And he said – so we moved him out here first. Gotcha. And then <clears throat> I moved out later because I still was teaching and my, and the, my youngest was um, still in high school. So um, – so that's really what brought us out. And I I realized I had put in like over 20 years of teaching and I thought, you know what? I'm going to pivot. I'm ready to just do something different and follow that dream. Gotcha. And he was incredibly supportive. My husband is super, super supportive. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, let's just make it happen. You know, everybody loves your treats. Like I would send him off to work with goodies that I had baked at home. And they were like, just open a bakery already. And I said, yeah, working on it. <laughs> So, so that was how I got, you know, we kind of 
that was the impetus for change was just everything going on mm-hmm. in California. And we and we just love it here. We love the seasons. We love the snow. Seasons. <laughs> right? There are actual seasons here. I, I mean, you could have four seasons in a day, but great. Like, we normally do. <laughs> I know. I love that. I think it's great. You know. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that they left California and they enjoyed the weather here better because we have seasons. Oh, can I just begin to tell you? Okay, it's, for us, it's like living in a snow globe. When it snows, uh-huh. that's the best thing ever. I know everybody listening is going to go, oh, yeah, she's nuts. We know. We're weirdos. We don't care. Mm-hmm. Give us the snow. You all can go go to Florida if you want. Leave us some snow. We love it. So, um, you know, but there's also like a real fall, like seeing the the leaves change. Gotcha. Okay. You know, where we grew, where we lived, it was either hot or wet. You know, take your pick. Not gotcha. Kind of it. So, um, although, the, and this year, holy smokes. I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the mudslides and everything. Oh, uh, right. it's a, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to think if my brother had to evacuate this year. But, yeah, like, there was the one year that they had to evacuate in Southern California, like, because of the, you know, like, all the wildfires. And, oh, that's the other issue. Yeah, wildfires. Right. Yeah, you know, it's like. Here we are surrounded by all this natural beauty and these trees and, you know, it's green. The grass is green and we see bunnies <laughs> running through the yard. That's the coolest thing ever. That is so funny. Love the little it. things that we probably take do we take yeah. uh, take uh, for granted here in Northeast Pennsylvania. Well, and you're not even from here either. That's well, no, but I, no, I'm from Indiana, <laughs> but, I, but I had bunny. We didn't have mountains, but plenty of green and trees and yeah. everything else. So for me, it's not that much. The mountains are the big difference for me. Yeah. Still not used to them. Still not a fan of them. But, yeah, we still have seasons, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I just, I love it. I love <clears> it. So, so yeah, so yeah. so here we are doing our thing. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he works a lot, and I, I work a lot. But I will tell you. Oh, well, we'll get to that about my, my dad's comment yeah, about yeah. the fishing. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. So <laughs> so you move here and you don't originally start. So you not the goal, but the idea is there to start this baking company. And so what are some of the early steps that, that, that took to sort of get this going and get to where you are now? Well, I knew I had to establish the company itself. Mm-hmm. So my brother had said, oh, you know, you can probably you can go on legal Zoom or, you know, one of these companies or find a lawyer mm-hmm. to get you started with an LLC, this and that. I, I did that. I established an LLC first um, and I took all the steps to then, you know, make sure that I I found a business accountant. I had to, you know, take all the steps to figure out um, just, you know, the laws and the regulations and, and whatever went with doing business in Pennsylvania. Right. So, you know, the Berkheimers and all, all yeah. those things, right? The, the I don't want to call them the minutia, but, you know, but yeah. the details. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did that and looked around for um, locations, had to figure out the equipment. Now, the funny thing about the equipment, and I have to give a great shout out to Dino Riviello because I called him when I was in California. I... I I looked up different, you know, um, like, uh, you know, restaurant equipment places and whatever. Mm-hmm. And Nova rest or Equipment and Supplies up on Spring Street near the Home Depot up there. Yeah, okay. Great people, super nice. Anyway, Dino and I had a nice chat. And I explained, listen, I'm still in California, but I'm going to come there and I'm going to find you. We're going to chat and make this happen. Yeah. And it has. That's amazing. And yeah. And so he's been incredibly instrumental. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. And then... Hooked up with the the Wilkes University Small Business Development Center, mm-hmm. um, and and Jackie and her team have been incredibly instrumental in like 
you know, kind of guiding me through the um, the, the business plan, mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. all of the particulars. Right. You know, I had to I had to find loans, and and that was tricky. Oh, I can only imagine. Well, I, I I can't imagine actually. Never mind. Yeah. I own a business. <laughs> well, that was one of the yeah. I mean, just just trying to figure out the loans and and accessing the resources here when I when I knew nobody, right? right. So so I was very fortunate in in being able to, for the most part, find the 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 supportive people who were going to really be in my corner. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the SPDC was just great. And it's funny because, side note, so um, my stepmom, who's who's a business consultant in California, mm-hmm. also works with the SBDC. Okay. And in, in California. Yeah. And uh, for one of, uh, I think it's UC Berkeley. I think. I think it's UC Berkeley. Anyway, she's hooked up. She's, she's now kind of partnered up with a guy who was the manager at one of my all-time favorite bakeries in Oakland. Oh, wow. Shout out to Bake Sale Betty. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous bakery. <laughs> fabulous. And they also got their start kind of slowly, like mm-hmm. with farmer's markets and little pop-ups yeah. and this and that. Yeah. And anyway, this guy, Sean, you know, is working with my stepmom to help guide other That's awesome. groups, I think. Yeah. And so it's like, so when those types of things happen, and, and I mean, here was the other thing. Because I had taught, I... I at least had a clue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wasn't going in completely blind because I know how to research things. I know how to talk to people and get answers and mm-hmm. those types of things. So thankfully, I I had that. Right. You right. know, um, and, and, you know, and just word of mouth and finding out who do I talk to? Who do I? And I'll ask. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I want to make those connections with the right people. Right. That's that's awesome. So well, big shout out to the SBDC. Yeah. Um, huge one. <laughs> and so talk about then some of the early stages. You talked about little pop-ups and farmer's markets. Yeah. So before you had the physical space, where were you selling and sort of getting the name out? So that was – okay, th- th- therein lied the complication. <laughs> I – so I, I established the business. I got my labels. I got my boxes. I, I tried to just, you know, show people like, okay, here are the pictures. Here's what I want to do. Here's what's happening. Um, and I gave a lot of freebies away. Yeah. I mean, I would just, you know, bake and just say, here, this is this is my concept. You know, just try things out. Let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. You know, just to family and friends and whatever. Yeah. And then landed a location that uh, didn't work out for a variety of reasons. Um, and that, that was a real low point for me. Gotcha. Real low point. Because I thought to myself, why isn't this working? What am I not doing to make this work? And my husband was frustrated too because he was like, what about the deadlines? What about the this? Why why aren't, you know, why aren't things moving the way they need to? Yeah. And even, even you know, Jackie, my business consultant said, you, you've got to make sure these deadlines are met. You know, what's happening? And, and, and it wasn't just on my end. Gotcha. Right? Like it just wasn't. So... <laughs> Good learning experience, which I because at this point I'm now like, nope, I need this, I need this answer, I need these deadlines, we need to find out because I can't afford yeah. to lose any more money than I already lost, you know, in those in the first six months of having a spot where nothing happened the way it needed to. Yeah. So the funny thing is, here we're sitting in this building mm-hmm, mm-hmm. owned by, you know, blo- Bloxton Investment Group, right? I had reached out to them 
back when they first bought the building, um, just by chance, like to see if I could do, you know, a pop-up or what was going on. Like, yeah. you know, maybe I could do a pop-up in the lobby or whatever. Cause that was how I then had to pivot and realize like, I got to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm sorry, let me roll back a little bit in, in the meantime, where I was like trying to figure out what the direction in which I had to go. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had found out about the gather community space mm-hmm at the church on Franklin. And the cool thing was they were in the process of getting that kitchen ready sometime last year. I just happened to call them a little on the early side. So they, I, they weren't quite ready to have a business in there mm-hmm. when I first called. Then I reached out again and they had made more progress. And suddenly they were like, yeah, let's, let's see what we can do for you. So, so, Thankfully, that worked out because then I was able to say, listen, I really do bake in a commercial kitchen. So shout out to Gather for and the First Presbyterian Church for for, you know, welcoming me as the first business to do that. That's amazing. It really was. And then, you know, then I had to also make sure the inspections were done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Wilkesbury, City of Wilkesbury Department of Health came in and inspected and said, yep, good to go. So then it was like, okay, now it it feels official. Like I can work with what's going on here gotcha. and get the pop-up. So interestingly enough, my very first pop-up was in Pittston mm-hmm. at Gypsy Angel Row. Thank you, Rita. <laughs> Rita Zara, who owns Gypsy Angel Row. Mm-hmm. Um, let me come in and do this pop-up We because um, – we were looking at the building next to there, which is on the corner, a couple doors down. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, so she let me do the first pop-up. And then, you know, I started scheduling them. I did some at Nova. I did, you know, I've done some at like, uh, was it Lark Mountain Marketplace where mm-hmm. I'll be tomorrow? You know, and so it started to take hold, mm-hmm. right, and getting get some traction. Um, you know, I've also done them at Belladonna Lair up on Wyoming. Faith is amazing. She and her family were very welcoming. And that was by word of mouth too. Yeah. A lot of these just, so, so when, so when they're organic like that, like for example, I got to Faith and Belladonna Lair because the window cleaning company (laughs) that, that I had hired as Stephen from Clear Contrast, great guy. He found me – he had started helping me with the windows, but then when that space didn't work out, I reached back out to him and said, hey, here's what's going on. Just want to keep in touch with you. He found me at Nova one day doing the pop-up, took a bunch of goodies to her, mm-hmm. and then she said, get her over here type of thing, right? So that was how I was able to connect with her. That's amazing. On Wyoming Avenue, 120 Wyoming Avenue. <laughs> uh, so that – it kind of grew that way. Mm-hmm. And, oh, okay, so back to being here. How cool is this? I, when I called up and, I, and chatted with Matt and explained the situation, I was like, well, let's, let's try it. Why not? Yeah. And so in trying and being in the lobby, it, it, we then, you know, figured out what was going to work. It mm-hmm. took a little time to figure it out, but we did. And a couple weeks in the lobby and people saw what I was doing and whatever. And then I was able to, once the space on the seventh floor was ready, you know, um, got I got up there what, last week. Yeah. So it's been basically two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and there's an ebb and a flow to it, you know, but I think it's also gaining traction because people here in the building have been great and receptive and and have just today, like the Borland sent me uh-huh. some people, <laughs> which I thought was so marvelous. I was like, this is great. So it yeah. sounds like uh, as someone who moved from the out from from outside of Nipa moving in that yeah. you've you've ha- you've had a run of luck in that for the most part mm-hmm. you've really met a lot of people sort of who helped steer and guide you um and and people like to say that that Nipa is the valley with a heart and that if you I mean, if you've never heard that yeah so no, well, I haven't yeah. heard that um and we can argue whether that how true it is sometimes, <laughs> but I think for the most part, like yeah. especially when when folks from the outside are coming in, um, I think that the reception that you got is one that a lot of people do feel sometimes. Like when you find the right community and the right group yeah. of people, and sometimes we we we, we meet the wrong group of, of people every now and then. But I think that once people sort of get established and figure out what they're doing, mm-hmm. one thing I will say about the area and the region is that once you find your people. Things mm-hmm. get a lot easier. Would you agree? Yeah, I I think so. And and I mean, people have reached out to me from like, like the TV station, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, Discover Nipa, mm-hmm. um, it said, hey, yeah, go ahead, you can advertise with us. I thought, great, this is super cool. Like, there's all there's all these cool resources, and you just have to know how to tap into them. Well, then, super random, uh, this. But here's here's how this is such a cool connection. Um, Angel Bolanos, mm-hmm. who owns Jack's Lunchbox over on High Street, yeah, he met me. He and his uh, mother-in-law happened to come in when I was kind of in the middle of like cleaning up the other space and whatever. They're like, "Oh, this is a cool space," and we were just kind of chit-chatting about it. Yeah, and then got to know him really well. Lo and behold, he was also working with with Jackie from the SBDC uh-huh. mm-hmm. on his business plan and everything. And so we just started connecting, like, on that level for business. And yeah. um, and I thought, yeah, you know, that's what it takes is – and he's from outside uh, Pennsylvania as well. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of comparing notes about things. And I thought, how cool is this? That's awesome. Because it's, it, it's all about that um, – I think about, about establishing those relationships that do drive you – Forward, yeah. you know, or move you, help you move forward. However, you do it, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, and and and, and this, uh, SBDC is a great organization. No matter what community you're in, there's probably an SBDC around yeah. that will help. I know at one point I was working with them on business plan things very nice. early on, um, and a lot of people have. And then uh, and even then, when I think about um, our one of the sponsors for this show, Connect Inclusive, mm-hmm. which also you know works for Connect is another group that works with a lot of different organizations as well. That when they're starting up their businesses, and I think that you're right, like you have to know where to look. Yeah. And I think that you did a really smart thing in that you really got connected to the community. And so that a lot of those, yeah. you talked about a lot of the word of mouth and things of that nature and that. And I love that how you keep bringing up, like, you kept coming back to the SBDC. Like, mm-hmm. the, like there are resources in the community, but it's sometimes getting connected with the right group. And then yeah. from there, knowing how and where to look. And you talked about your past right. as a teacher and doing some research. And so I want to kind of pivot yeah. and, and, and go back to California. So you taught for a while. Yep. But there's one thing in particular I wanted you to talk about. For oh, I know what it is. Uh, you, <laughs> you, how did you? How did? How did you use to tell the students you just got out of prison? Oh yeah. Okay. So I taught. So <laughs> I I had quite a teaching career, and four years of it were actually teaching in a jail. Yeah. Right. And so 
Um, and believe it or not, I felt safer teaching in the jail than I did at the high school where I taught. <laughs> but okay, you know, if you teach in the hood, you got to figure out yeah. how to manage that, right? That's what it was. So um, so I get to the high school and it's like my first day and the kids are sitting there and they're kind of like, yeah, we're going to eat her alive. And I said, so <clears> – <throat> Um, I've been in jail for like the past four years and it was like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. And I kid you not, they backed up. Like, <laughs> And I said, and there, and I didn't say right away, you know, I'd been teaching. I said, and I've learned some really important things that I, I hope to, um, you know, impart to you. And they got real quiet. And I said, <laughs> I said, the first one is, it doesn't matter what you look like. What counts is how you behave. Mm-hmm. You know, because really when it comes down to it, your behavior will make it or break it for you. And it literally says everything about you as a human being. So when you're in public and you are out there being your who you are are you being your best self are you because i said think about it you represent not only yourselves Mm -hmm. your family your community your Mm -hmm. school you know your maybe your church or your or whatever other religious affiliation you might have Mm -hmm. you know you really have to consider how you come across to people yeah and and you know, you're in high school right now. Wait till you are not in high school. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like for you. I said, and the other thing that I learned was that education is the great equalizer. Education mm-hmm. is something no one can take away from you. Yeah. However however that looks to you, whether, whether it's that piece of paper mm-hmm. or a text saying... You did great. Whatever, whatever it is, yeah. That formal level of education, mm-hmm. and I'm not just talking about the school of hard knocks because mm-hmm. that's a, an education in and of itself. It is indeed. It is indeed. Yeah. I said that your your choice to be educated, your choice to educate yourselves, mm-hmm. is a choice that's going to probably keep you in the right direction. Yeah. Keep you on that path. Yeah. Yeah. Education is really far. It is. And here's the thing. I you know, regardless of whether you go to college right away or if you go to a trade school mm-hmm. or if you learn from online games yep. how to do quantum mechanics mechanics or physics or whatever one of those two <laughs> one of those that i don't know anything about and i admit it because mm-hmm. i was an english teacher not a math teacher but what whatever you can do mm-hmm. to to broaden your mind and your horizon and to always learn like be a lifelong learner yeah. it's just good for you it really is it really is and you know I get it. You know, people say, oh, ignorance is bliss. Really? <laughs> I'm going to disagree because if you, if you plead ignorance, you're, you're going to miss out. Yeah. 
Yeah. You said that it's it, it could be the four-year school, it could be the two-year trade school, or it could be however you learn, but keep learning. And I think it's great hearing a former educator acknowledge that we don't all learn the same way. Um, I just having taught now general ed and special ed, I'm well aware that, you know, the, the different learning modalities lend themselves to the, the different ways in which we teach, right? Mm -hmm. So all this differentiated instruction and making sure that we're accounting for people's different um, strengths and ways to, to learn best, right? So, for example, Deidre, you know, she she's a visual learner, so she needs to see the recipe in front of her. Right. But I also know if I have her write something down, just as a reminder, like, okay, remember, it's two cups of brown sugar mm -hmm. to one cup of white or whatever it is. If she's writing it down, yeah, it's it's gonna improve the muscle memory over there, right? And 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 help her remember on her own. Um, you know, you've got your visual learners, you've got your auditory learners, mm -hmm. you you've got you know the oral learners, and then the tactile learners. Yeah, yeah, and and sometimes a combination of any or all. Right. And so once we, I think. Anyone in business who has employees, mm -hmm. if you can tap into that, if you can understand how people learn and how they're going to learn best, yeah. you're then going to get the most out of them, I think, because you're going to acknowledge that this is what they can do. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you give them the tools in a way that works, yeah. they're going to be that much more productive. Right. And my husband and I talk about this because, you know, it's like, I mean, he's in charge of operations for a company and he's, you know, they're always trying to figure out, okay, these are the processes mm -hmm. by which we do things. These are the standards. These are the methods. Okay. At the same time, it's the people. It's not all automated. <laughs> it's the people who have to do these things. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and he and I talk about this a lot too where it's it's on us as the leaders mm -hmm. to to make sure that the employees are well well educated or well versed or well practiced mm -hmm. in a particular thing right because it's one thing to say okay here's how you do it it's another to actually make sure they're doing it the correct way right right um and then to and because because here you know what happens it's like Six months of me just saying, do X, Y, Z, do X, Y, Z. And then, and then these cookies aren't coming out six months later, the way they're supposed to. I'm like, what happened over here? I didn't do my job. Right. If I don't teach my people how to do this over and over again. And I kid you not, I'm a stickler for the way these cookies need to look on the pan. Like before they actually get baked, they need to be lined up. It's not an OCD thing. This is the knowledge I have of how much space and air and 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 oh, wow. spread yeah. need these cookie these little cookie balls need to have. Mm -hmm. Now, are the cookies always uniform? No. And there are a variety of reasons for that, but I've decided I have to be okay with that because if I know that the volume is the same mm -hmm. and if I know and I know this is a slight tangent, but there's a no, point. No, you're good. Mm -hmm. I if I know that they're spaced evenly and if I know that, for example, the, the, the craisins are going to soak up a little more of the dough and the, that variety of cookies is going to be a little puffier than its counterpart without the craisins, mm -hmm. it's okay. 
Yeah. It's all right. And guess what? I'm not a factory. My business is not a factory. <laughs> what you see is is made from scratch goodies that a lot of love and energy went into baking. So, and, you know, making. Yeah. Right? And, be, and let's be okay with that. My yeah. price points are good. I don't hear anybody complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, because I also know, I know it's, this is, this is an aside. I also know that based on our demographics here in town, mm-hmm. People are on limited budgets for the most part, right? Like there are a lot of people on fixed incomes, mm-hmm. students and older people alike. And those of us who are in the middle who can once in a while, you know, splurge on something different, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, okay, that's good. But but again, it, it so the combination of things yeah. is what I think, um, you know, brings in that that small batch vibe, if yeah. you will. And I know that kind of circled back around to the, what is small batch? Well, oh, that's, perfect. that's part of it. <laughs> and there's, you know, and, and and that educational piece in there is, mm-hmm. I think, in part, experience, experience. Like all those years of baking on the, just doing my own thing and then realizing, oh, hang on a second. And I mean, even, I'll, I'll say, like, even in my processes, on a daily basis, my I strive to learn a better way to do it every single time. And I've also told my employees, listen, um, make a mistake. Be willing to make a mistake. Be willing to learn from that mistake and not make it over and over again. Yeah. Make a new mistake. <laughs> I love that. Make a new mistake. Just make a new mistake. I love that. Well, if you would like to put it up on your wall, go ahead. I <laughs> maybe the title. You can have it. It maybe the mistake. title. I love that idea. Like make a mistake, learn from it, and then, yeah. then go out and make a new mistake. Because if you learn from yeah. your mistakes, you're just continuously learning. Learn from your mistakes. Make new ones. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Just don't keep making the same one. Because when you're making the same one over and over and not acknowledging that you're making the same one, mm-hmm. there's a disconnect there. Yeah. There's a processing issue. So let's get to the fishing story. Let's get that. Okay. So, so actually, the fishing story is predicated on this, that um, the question in the questionnaire that you asked me, which was something about what brings you joy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so it always brought me joy to, to get in my kitchen, whatever time it was. Oftentimes, it was just early in the morning before anybody got up mm-hmm. or whatever, or when I was just doing my own thing, sometimes late at night, and just to be in the kitchen and being creative with with the baking and the sugar and the butter cuz i think in terms of sugar and butter okay okay my husband my husband is a fabulous cook gordon i think gordon ramsay and emerald lagasse live in his head you know <laughs> one's over here and one's over here and anyway he so i i'm very well fed i mean i'm telling you i'm very well fed and it's so nice i appreciate it um but i bake mm-hmm. i mean I know how to cook, and my kids would tell you that. <laughs> They're like, they they would say, "Yeah, her idea of dinner is like steamed broccoli." <laughs> okay, <laughs> but anyway, whole other story. But I I I would just find my happy place, like just baking in my kitchen, mm-hmm. listening to music, whatever, right? And so when I when I decided, yes, I'm really going to open this business, I'm really going to do this, the joy, the, the most joyful part for me is the baking itself. I, I do, I like talking to the public. I like talking to people. Yeah. And, and it makes me very happy also 
to chat with people, get a sense of what they like. It makes me happy when they like something. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that I'm living my dream, that's, there you go. Now, the fishing comment. So my father, my father, three things. He loves his family, Mm -hmm. his friends, and fishing. And not just in that order. And he, he would always maintain that the worst day of fishing was always better than the best day of working. And he was a teacher. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's where that comes from. And I, and I thought, yeah, dad, you, you do know what you're talking about. You do yeah. know. The worst that, day of fishing. Yeah. Is still better than the best. Day. That, no. It, the, the worst, worst day, day of yeah. fishing is always better than the best, best day. day of working. Yeah. Working. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that. That's exactly what's going. So, so even if my sales are low one day, mm-hmm. or even if I make a mistake in the kitchen and destroy—I mean, one day I destroyed some brownie. I was so upset with myself. <laughs> so, and my husband was like, "Okay, but other than that, how was the day?" And I was like, "It was great." You know, I'm in there. I'm hustling around. You should have seen me when I was in there. Okay, I had sprained my ankle, but this year, back on January 30th, mm-hmm. I was in a boot. Right? For two months, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in that darn boot for two months. Well, that week, I had to go in and bake. I, I, that happened on a Monday night. I had Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to, to kind of like prop my foot up and pray that I was going to be okay. (laughs) But on Friday, I was tromping around in that boot trying to, you know, getting the baking done and whatever. And, um, and I still made it work and it was still the best thing, you know? Um, and so, again, it's like it, it, you just get to that place where whatever it is that you love that much, mm-hmm. you know, is insp- it inspires you to get up every day and right, do it, right, right? Right, Let's get to what everyone wants to know. Talk okay. to me about the sweets. What do you sell? What, okay. what, what can we expect when we come to visit you? So when you come in, you'll smell the coffee. Uh-huh. Which is quite good. I've had it before. Yeah, the black and brass. Mm-hmm. Um I know somebody had it today, and she's like, "Ooh, that's a good coffee." I was yeah. Like, um, cookies. Mm-hmm. So, a variety of cookies. You know, everything's made from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, things. So, your good old fashioned chocolate chip. Then yep. you've got caramella, which is a chocolate chip caramel baked cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a candied ginger molasses cookie with <laughs> candied ginger pieces in it. You got that? You like which that. it sounds like a lot. It's actually really, really, really good. Because I think Matt was the one who was like, try this one. I was like, eh, we'll see. And I tried it and was like, yes, I'll take that. Yeah, That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I got one for myself and then one for my son who loved it as well too. Oh, good. Because to me, a flavor like that, it's like gingery and and a slight sweet spice. But the texture is really inviting. And then, um, you know, I also do like a chocolate fudge mint chip cookie. Um, I'll do an Icelandic pepper cookie at some point. Okay. I'll do, uh, or I make peanut butter cookies, which mm-hmm. you imagine. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, oatmeal, oatmeal craisin. Um, somebody just asked me about Welsh, Welsh cookies. Now, mm-hmm. what's interesting to me about the Welsh cookie is while the, the ingredients are pretty standard, you know, it's orange, yeah. pe- a little bit of orange zest and, and currants and whatever. Those are actually fried. Yeah. I... I will certainly experiment, but I only bake. Gotcha. So, and, and 
it's very interesting. Something I've learned about commercial kitchens is um, a big part of the expense becomes the hood unit that has to go in depending on your cooking equipment because your self-contained ovens may may or may, depending on where you are, may or may not need a hood, right? Um, But but you have to have an an ansel system. Um, if you do anything over open flame. What's an answer system? It's, you know, like uh, fire suppression and okay. that whole thing. Yeah, and it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, and and I don't do anything like that. So I'm like, I do have a, a small hood. Yeah. Um, I mean, where I bake, they have mm-hmm. the, you know, the the range and then the ovens. Yeah. But, um, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I will certainly try to figure out. Now, the other thing is like um, – do the Welsh cakes or Welsh cookies have to only have currants? I don't know. I mean, no. I think those, I are, I think those are. I think those are the traditional. But I've seen yeah. Welsh cookies with different flavors in them before. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you could experiment and have some fun. I, yeah, and I think I would like to try that because I, I just thought, oh, okay. And that's a regional thing that I'm not familiar with. And then, and I had not heard of the Icelandic pepper cookies either until I moved here. Now, what are those? Because I've never heard so, of them either. From what I understand, they're like, um, they're you know, an Eastern European cookie Mm -hmm. and um they're usually like thin they're made with you know pepper actually now and it's black pepper yeah like black pepper really um i i've made them now i've seen recipes with corn syrup i'm like not my thing gotcha i won't use corn syrup good old sugar good old honey Mm -hmm. you know um they're almost like a sugar cookie with pepper Oh yeah, when you make those, I will definitely be back. Okay, <laughs> they're interesting. Yeah, you know they're not they're they're kind of, they're not like super intense. They're mm-hmm. just it's almost like with the you know how the ginger cookie yeah. the, the molasses and the yeah, ginger. Yeah, because when I bit it, I was really expecting like yeah. a ginger hit to the face, and it's much more milder and it, it plays better with all the other ingredients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just that that combination mm-hmm. of ingredients and the molasses and everything. But um, so yeah, Icelandic pepper and then um. Uh, you know, oatmeal. Let me see. I'm trying to think if there's anything I left out. I don't know. I I haven't even introduced some of the things I think, but but also in part that was because I had to figure out like what works best. What do people like the most? Right. You know, right. what's most popular? Now you've also had the bar treats, the layered bar treats, mm-hmm. like the the salted caramel brownie bar. Mm-hmm. You won't find that anywhere else because I created it, and I mean I even Googled it like to see like if anybody else had it. Nobody has anything like that. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's you know the shortbread and the caramel and the and the the brownie. Yeah, and then I do the the banana chocolate chip breadlets. Mm-hmm. No nuts. Um, I mean, really, right now the only things with nuts are the peanut butter cookies and then the you know the dream bars with the almonds. Yeah, um, and the coconut and the chocolate. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> my vision was you know nice size small on the smaller side because. We don't need to supersize everything. <laughs> Agreed. We just mm-hmm. don't. I mean, I, you know, and and I like the little, the, yes. you know, put them in a cupcake holder. That's a perfect size. Yeah. Perfect size for your hand. You know, the cookies aren't monstrous, mm-hmm. but they're also very reasonably priced. Um, and so it's things that you would, you know, the goodies are, are uh, creations that make you think of like 
going to a picnic or a bake sale or yeah. going to hanging out with grandma on a snowy day and just baking and you know that's awesome. or that's something awesome. yeah yeah what was the one bar i had the strawberry uh oh yeah the strawberry crumble bar yeah that's right really good yeah i'm, so not, a, I'm that, not a chocolate fan so anytime i see fruit i'm like i'll take that one. you like the fruity ones yeah and actually i've made those with apricot well i and in the beginning i had raspberry mm-hmm. and so and i do have more raspberry i just i think i happen to bring the strawberry but yeah you know um <clears throat> and of course space is is kind of at a premium, right? Yeah, so I have yeah. to kind of figure out, okay, what am I going to bring? How much of it am I going to bring? You know, on those sheet trays and everything. And yeah. And so you're baking so, still at the church. Correct. Which right is now. what, two, two and a half blocks away. Yeah. And then selling out of the Luzerne Bank building. Right. And gotcha. then doing the pop-ups on the weekends. Yeah. All right. And um, yeah. And then, you know, we're working with with uh, building owners right now in Pittston to, mm-hmm. to figure out yeah. the spot. Very cool. Very yeah. Cool. So eventually we will find you in a storefront, but in Pittston. Yes. Gotcha. That is the that is the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I was telling Matt and Mike, I was like, hope is not a plan, you guys. And I, <laughs> and I heard that, actually. My husband said that one of, one of his, I think it was the general manager at one of the other buildings where he was, mm-hmm. she, she was one who was like, hope is not a plan. That's good. Have a plan. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so thinking of, of wrapping up a little, what yeah. would you, so you've had a career 20 years, you were out in California, yeah. you were teaching, you were doing all these things, your husband moves and you reinvent yourself as a baker, yeah. which is something that you had been doing on the side, but now it's an actual business, right? What advice would you give to someone that's in a similar position who's, who's at the end of their career or has a passion for something and is worried? I mean, the economy is never great. Um, prices for buildings, like all the things that you've talked about, the hurdles you went through. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give someone who's looking at saying, you know what? I'm passionate about X, Y, Z. This is what I want to go do. What would you say to them? A couple of things. First of all, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> Um, and and this is a shout out to Karen, the accountant who who said, by sixty five, and I and I agree with her. By sixty five years of age, mm-hmm. have a million dollars. Okay, have a million dollars. Now, is that going to happen for me? We'll see. Why do I say we'll see? Simply because, yeah, I mean, my teacher's pension will will help, right? You know, once I re- officially retire and collect. However. You know, I've started this endeavor after after raising kids, after, you know, and I'm, I mean, we've still got a couple in school, right, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever. So <laughs> am I, I mean, maybe collectively we'll figure out how to have a million dollars somehow, whether it's in <laughs> equity or whatever. I don't know. Maybe right. maybe it's stashed under the mattress. I don't know. But <laughs> um, um, but that that's one piece of advice is f- y- y- try – Try mm-hmm. to be – try to plan to be financially sound. Work on that. Figure out a way. Um, another piece of advice, use the resources that are available to you in the business community, mm-hmm. you know, and and because you can be as passionate about it as you want. Yeah. That's great. Passion is is – Fabulous for the creative aspect, mm-hmm. right? Um, you, but you have to have some sense of direction and, and navigating the channels because because you know there are there are loans to get 
yeah. potentially. There there are, um, you know, people you need to connect with about your equipment, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, whatever that is, you know. There are um, classes you might have to take for, you know, continuing education units right. for whatever you want to do. Um, there are licenses you have to get, you know, mm-hmm. forms to fill out. I mean, there are all those things. But I, I have to say, I think another – if I'm going to give any unsolicited advice <laughs> other than, you know, yeah. listening – get a good accountant, number one. <laughs> really, really have a good accountant. Um, you know, do your research. Yeah. Make sure you research things and, and, and start really fleshing out what it is you want. Because when you write your business plan, there's so much more that goes into it other than the narrative, right? Right. We know this. You know, you have to have a sense of, you know, the, the financial projections and all these Mm -hmm. things and, and the contingencies, right? Right. Um, and and be okay. Oh, here's another thing. I, I guess I would say this. Be okay with uh, leading with your ego. This is – so my husband and I have talked about this, and he, he says, you know, you, t- there are two things, ego and power. Yeah. Okay? And leaders, really great leaders, are going to lead with their ego because – you can you can shift your power, mm-hmm. but you have to be okay with having your ego get bruised along the way, so that you then kind of learn. Oh, okay, but I but you still have your power. You can right. shift, right? Yeah, yeah. And so if you if you think about it that way, and you think, okay, even even in the darkest hour where things are like feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I can do this anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're getting more gray hairs and extra wrinkles and just feeling, you know, like you don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. take a step back, think about what you're passionate about and what has, what drives you. Yeah. Right. Like, like what moves you to continue to want to do this? Why are you persevering? You know, and and why are you, um. Working towards this goal of of me of of seeing your dream become a reality. Yeah, and keep that in mind, and then regroup, and and you know, it'll it'll work itself out. Yeah, and have and have have a plan. Have a plan. <laughs> have some hope, but also have a plan. <laughs> yes, yes, because those yeah. are different. Well, it's really interesting that you say lead with your ego. Okay. Um, and thinking of the work that I do, I always tell people to leave their ego at the door because I don't want your ego to cloud judgments in ah. a lot of the work that you do. But it's interesting that you're talking about ego in a very different – like yes. be humble but use your ego as the shield. Well, your ego – okay, so so let me, let me clarify something. Mm-hmm. I'm the visionary. Right. Okay. These are the things – I fully expect to happen in my business. This is right. my business. Mm-hmm. In as much as I share it with everybody, like I'm making you cookies, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna share those cookies with you, right? Yeah. It's an extension of me. Yeah. And there's the ego part. So yeah. if it's my vision, and I fully expect my vision to to be actualized mm-hmm. and, and and manifest and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. Then in that sense, right. 
that part of it is what has to drive this whole project forward because I want to make sure that when I walk in that kitchen, I'm not cleaning up after anybody else. Like that kitchen needs to be ready Mm -hmm. when I walk in and, and and it's that type of thing. You see what I'm saying? Like in that way. Um, And, and when we think about, you know, our, our businesses, like, um, like we, you're a busy guy. I'm a busy person. I, uh, you know, I wish that that I had three or four of me. Remember that movie Multiplicity, yeah. Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because I want to make sure that my visions are are being met, being met, and and the expectations are being met. Yeah. So, yeah. Ego, because and and yet I still have. There's still that power. It's like no, no. I'm still in charge. You can disagree. We can have radical mm-hmm. candor, or we, we um, can disagree. Mm-hmm. We can agree to disagree. Yeah. But at the end of the day, whose vision is it? It's right. your vision on your end. It's mine. Oh, and here's the other thing I was going to say. For me, for my business, the road to sweet success is paved in butter and sugar. <laughs> now. I'm not going to discount the people's interests and desires for things without sugar right. or, or things without gluten. I will work on that. But for, for, what, for what I do, mm-hmm. sorry, for what I do right now, it, it is about the, yeah, the, the, the butter, butter and the sugar. Yeah, because yeah. it's your business. It's my business, yeah. 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 But I still have the power mm-hmm. to – to expand or, or yeah. do something different, you see? And you know what's interesting is that you separated ego and power. Mm-hmm. And I think for most people, when they think about ego, we tend to think about the power, right? Mm-hmm. If someone's power tripping, it's their ego taking over. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that they're two different, that the ego is a capsule and that there's your ego, which is your vision. Right. And then there's the power that you bring behind it. And again, in, in the DEI world, I always tell people to leave their ego behind. I'm usually telling them to leave their power behind. Uh-huh. Like when you come into a situation where you're working with someone who, if it's an employee, if it's another group, if there was an offense, if something happened, leave your ego at the door. It's leave your power at the door. Walk in as equals mm-hmm. so that we can mm-hmm. have, we can have a conversation. You're not lecturing someone. And so I think it's really interesting that you, you've separated ego and power and saying use that ego to drive you, but don't lose your power either like your ego is one of those things that again it's it's what will get you through it's the drive it's the passion yeah your power will shift depending on what's going on but your ego has to be that suit of armor that allows you to get through things so that's a really interesting way to look at that yeah and i'm going to give my my husband full credit on that one and if he has to give credit to somebody else where he heard it from (laughs) i mean you know i don't know but um but i'm gonna i'm gonna give him credit for telling because because he and i talk about that a lot Mm -hmm. like you know for what he has to do in his job. Yeah. So there's that. There's there's that idea of, um, you know, also being able to, again, what we come back to, ha- tapping in or being aware mm-hmm. of people's learning styles. Yeah. Or or how about this? What if, what if somebody doesn't hear you very well one day? Yeah. What if somebody doesn't see what's going on very well? Like, mm-hmm. I put up with that all day long. I can't see squat, you know. <laughs> but I know what those cookie dough balls should look like, right? <laughs> so, I, 
you know, it's 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 just that awareness. Yeah. Be aware. Like, don't be so insulated. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe and also I, I, I mean, not only did I teach, I worked at a hospital mm-hmm. and boy, oh boy, talk about a learning experience there. That's a whole other classroom. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what I realized? There are so many people who just struggle to even navigate that system. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. I mean, I really feel for people. I worry for people that like, you know, either, either they they don't know the language or they don't have the vocabulary or or they just they don't know how to advocate for themselves like that's a huge one too you mm-hmm. have to be able to advocate yeah for yourself or or have somebody really in your corner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you get the care you need you know it's like yeah that's a whole other podcast i know no but but i think <laughs> but, I, but i think that being an advocate for yourself is a business is, yes. is, is something that you need in business as well. Like, yeah, yeah, we're talking about navigating the healthcare, but I think, you know, you have to be willing. And I think you sort of did that, you know, when the first place doesn't fall through, you stop and you okay. regroup and you become an advocate for yourself. And you're like, all right, how am I going to make this work? Exactly. How do we pivot and yes. find a way to continue to do this? And now you have, you know, you were in the lobby, you were doing the pop-ups, you've got a space now, yeah. you're working on another space. And so I think you were an advocate for yourself as well and continuing to get that the business to where it, it needs to be for you to feel comfortable. So yeah. yeah. And do I worry? All the time. Every business owner does. <laughs> I mean, we can go from, you know, zero to 60 back to zero. Yeah. <laughs> In a heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And who you're you're never away from it. Yeah. Yeah. But who, that's okay too. Who was it that said it? I was watching it's uh it was an act one of these actors round tables and Tom it was Tom Hanks who said that the best piece of advice that he always had is that this too shall pass. If you're having mm-hmm. a bad day, yep. this too shall pass. You're right. And if you're having a great day, this too, this too shall pass. Yeah. And so that you've just gotta be understand that there's good, there's bad. Yeah. It'll all pass and we'll figure it out the next day. Right. And 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 we have to it's okay to go back in the next day with a fresh pair of eyes on it mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, I want to thank yeah. you for taking the time out and spending time with me. Um, how can folks get a hold of you? Oh, very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so our website is www.smallbatchnepa.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to email me, it's info at smallbatchnepa.com. Dot com, mm-hmm. um, Facebook, Small Batch Nipa, Instagram, <laughs> Small Batch Nipa. Phone number upstairs um, here in the building is 570-852-5444. Mm-hmm. Um, and come visit. Just yeah. come by. We're, do, we, do people know where we are, Dan? Probably not. <laughs> oh, okay. So we are in the, <clears throat> the big... We call it the big slash Luzerne Bank building on Public Square next to the Kirby Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can be found on the seventh floor mm-hmm. for now. Yep. Um, and then, um, you know, we'll, well, we'll find, yeah. we'll find each other other places too, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'll update the podcast when you finally, yeah. when you have the new location. So I'll update the data yes. so folks know how to look for you in Pittston. So. Yeah, that'd be great because we're working on that. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, pop-ups, but definitely like check. Check the social media for for the the local postings. Gotcha. All right. So very cool. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. This was so cool. (laughs) And by the way, everybody, this is my first podcast interview ever. (laughs) Well, you did an amazing job. Well, thank you. As did you. I mean, and and I just it was just such a pleasure to just 
sit and chat and take it where it went. Awesome. So, well, thank you very much. All right. <laughs> <laughs>